three, two, one, go. And we're live. This is Retrace, segment number 71 for Monday, December 5th, 2022 at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Retrace is about what's going on out there. The short answer to that is natural, artificial, and strategic intelligence. The long answer is no. That was the long answer. The short answer is computer control. Let's talk computer control. Um, we're in the December to Remember Math and Code event. Uh, we're front-loading all the math and code difficulties that we might have in AMA 4E, uh, Russell and Norvig's uh, textbook on artificial intelligence, Artificial Intelligence Modern Approach, 4th edition, 2020, depending on when you bought it. I bought it before its publication date. Doesn't matter. I'm not telling you my secrets, okay? Um, and what does that mean today? Well, we're in our second day of looking at the two mathematical things that, that might give you difficulty. Um, one is called a partial derivative, and the other one is called uh, an operator or a gradient or a gradient operator or a gradient vector or whatever you want to call it. Let's have a look at what these things look like. There we go. The orange upside-down triangle is, I think you say it del, so you'd say del of f. The function is f, del of f, which is the gradient of f, and this is how you represent it. You use this this backward six is just a fancy D. Yesterday I said it was a is a, a kind of Greek delta delta. I thought it was, but because the Greek letters often have multiple uh, incarnations, but it's not actually. I looked it up. It's just a fanciful D. Um, so the fanciful delta uh, partial dif differential uh, par partial not partial differential partial derivative. And blah, blah, blah. That's what it looks like. Okay, let's let's get back to normality here. We're going to talk English today, okay? Yesterday, I think we tried to mix too many of the stuff. We didn't follow our own system, ECMP. English, code, math, progress. We invented that system on the basis of our first technical challenge, page 48, table-driven agent. Go check it out. Uh, I, it always sounds like I say Asian. Table-driven Asian. I don't know what a table-driven table, table Asian is, but a table-driven agent is something we talked a little bit about. Um, our system that we developed on that first pass was to first get, talk about things in English, our natural uh, domain of, or our natural space of exploration, then get out of English into code. Let's, let's make some machines that do some things, and then get out of the code, get into the math, find out the limits of the machines, and then finally get out of all that stuff and into the real world and make some progress. Take what you've built, take what you've learned, and go make the world a better place, and then start over. We didn't follow that system yesterday, so we're following it today. We're going to talk English about the airport problem, the where, to, where do you put airports in Romania, um, but that's not an interesting problem. I, you don't want to, what, why do, it's, it's, okay, so you remember school, right? You remember story problems? Um, do you ever remember enjoying one? No, of course you didn't. Did you? You're weird. All right, look, the rest of you didn't, and this is another one of those. You don't care where airports in Romania, and really, I'm, I haven't even been giving you even something to chew on, and I'm going to give you that in a second. I'm going to show you where you can go look at the airport in Romania problem. Um, but first, let's just talk. Why? Why this? You need toy problems, but, but what should you be thinking of when you're playing with the toy problems? You should be thinking about the real world. You don't buy Lego City stuff and think, man, I really like Lego City. You think about city. You think about the real world. You're a little kid, fire trucks and airplanes and boats and all this stuff. That's what you're thinking about when you play with Lego City stuff. But the Lego City stuff itself, square blocks, pointy edges, 
honestly not that flexible any of the stuff like if you really look it's it's sort of shocking how successful legos are when you look at just how limited they are but that's where their power comes from you 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 simplify the crap out of the city make it into something you can play with with your fingers when you're five or younger right okay that's what the airport that's what the romania airport problem is as uh described on page 120 the the section starts on 119 but the airport problem comes in at 120 okay so this is our toy problem why is it well how should we think about it well okay so the simplest version let's go look at the simplest most basic crazy simple uh airport location okay first actually check this out there's this site on the internet i'm gonna I'm going to tell you about this. You, you, you have to keep this a secret. Okay, it's not ready for prime time. But I have to tell you about it. Links.retrace.com I don't know who put this up, but it's really great. So what, what we've got here is just cool stuff. There's not much there yet, but it's stuff that I find useful to just have it in one place. Click through to it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, go to the AIMA official website. This is the AIMA official website. They have the pseudocode in a PDF here. They have the figures in a PDF. They have exercises in an interactive web uh, website or uh, you know series of pages. Arado, oh, I've got to look at the Arado. I'm going to open that. Um, and then they've got the code, which is over on GitHub. You can see the GitHub there, and blah blah blah. And then they've got all the whatever and etc. Okay, so what we're going to do is go to the figures link. Now this is we're getting the sort of copyrighted. Like this is stuff from the book. I don't know why it's so slowed it down. My internet connection is good. I don't know why this is slow. Um, this is copywritten stuff, so I'm not going to dwell on this. But whenever you need to, I'm going to put these links in the notes now. I haven't been doing that consistently or, or at all. Um, and what are we looking at? We're looking for figure. Oh, geez. It's on page 64 is where they, they map out Romania. And that is figure 3.1. So let's just find 3.1. And there we go. So when you're thinking about the map of Romania, think about this map of city. Now, this is earlier in the book when they're dealing with search algorithms that are not in, in not the one we're working on now, not in continuous spaces. Um, but this is their map of the cities in Romania, and that's how you get to it. Okay? So, that's all I wanted to show you. And um, and now, and, and the links.retrace.com, very useful. Go there. I don't, there's no hidden anything. I'm not getting anything from anybody linking to anything. I just copy the link from my browser when I find it useful and I put it at links.retrace.com. Um, and so, uh, okay, well, yeah, so, okay, um, I, I don't want to keep showing that map because I'm going to, they're going to say, oh, you're, and they, they worked hard to build, build their book and make money off it and I'm making money in a different way and I'm not trying to infringe on their making money. Um, so let's go to, how I'm going to make money. <laughs> okay, let's check this out. All right, so I I, uh, I put the airport problem in its simplest... Po- this is from Retrace Notes number 70 for our notes last night because I kind of, you know, tried to uh, clean up some... Not clean up, like, uh, you know, build out some more understanding of this problem in the notes based on what I said yesterday. So here's the here's simple thing. Why, are, why is our... Uh, th- so it says, like, in the problem definition... Um, you know, it says, we begin with an example. Suppose we want to place three new airports anywhere in Romania such that the sum of squared straight line distances from each city on the map to, the, to its nearest neighbor is minimized. The sum of the straight lines, the sum of the squares of the straight line distances. Why? Why do we want to do that? Let me tell you why we want to do that. Let's say we, there's an airport right here in the middle 
And over here, there's a city, and over here, there's a city. This is the simplest one airport, two city situation. If we do a sum of the distances themselves, not the squares of the distances, but the distances themselves, then if you move the airport 50% of the distance to one of the cities, that's what you get down here. Now it's 15 miles, let's say, from this city, and it's only five miles from this city. Your score is the same. The sum of the distances is 20 either way. This is the zero sum. Uh, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the zero sum uh, arithmetic obtaining. Okay, I, I say that there. This is a zero sum game. Nobody, there's no way to improve the location of the airport if you're only scoring based on the, the sum of the distances between two cities. If you sum the squares, then changing this location has, has different effects on different cities. Okay, and the score goes up. It says the score we want to minimize. It goes up if you're favoring one city over another. Okay? So you, they're saying sum of the squares of the distances for this reason. We want to minim we want to get this to 200 in, in the case of two cities and one airport. And then you can imagine, you know, you're going up from there. It's the geometry might not be perfect perfectly. You might have to add a little element of, you know, uh, Pythagorean theorem sort of stuff when you get into three and then you got you know three cities and then one airport and then you got three airports and 20 cities and blah 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 okay so that's the most basic version of the sort of airport location problem again why do we care about this toy problem well what are we doing when we locate these these uh, these cities I'm going to show it one more time I'm going to take my chances going to get a bit crazy here what are we doing when we locate these Romanian cities on, a, let's say, a flat piece of paper. What we're, what one way of thinking about it is we're putting them into a Cartesian coordinate system. Okay, just Google Images, Cartesian coordinate system. XY graph is another way of saying it. You can do it into three dimensions, then you've got an XYZ graph, and you can go from there. Okay, now, what that does, the, the breakthrough that was Cartesian geometry, Descartes, René Descartes, great philosopher, great mathematician, um, Great doesn't really do. It. I mean, this guy is amazing. Uh, it turns it turns geometry, which used to be Euclidean style geometry, taught using Euclidean methods, which is which is you presuppose a compass and a ruler and points and all this stuff, and you make it you, you put it all into just numbers, and and you can and if you've got some numbers and not others, you want to know the numbers, then you can use algebra. It makes geometry tractable in situations where there's, there, it's too complicated to draw, okay? What we have done with the airport problem, if we assign each city a pair of coordinates, we pretend that they're on a piece of paper. Uh, I mean, do I have that image? Okay. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. Retrace.com. Uh, this picture, that's a horrible render. I don't know why in the browser it renders like that. Um, Actually, can I show the mobile? Yeah, let's show the mobile. Let's get, let's just get wild. You know, let's not even, no, it didn't work. Okay, this is what I'm trying to show here. We're, we're sort of flattening out the world, okay? And pretending it's a piece of paper where we can draw XY coordinates, okay? XY, an XY grid and then assign, pretend the city is an infinitesimal point. And you, the way you find it, the way you assign the coordinates, you say, how far is it on the x-axis? That's the first number, and how high is it on the y-axis? That's the second number. Okay, it's an ordered pair in the case of R two, real space, uh, real a uh, real surface. Um, 
Okay. What does that mean? Who cares? Again, why do... It's because we've taken a real problem, given the situation, given the, the location of these cities, and given our desire to place three more points on that map, which we will call airports, we've turned it into a pile of numbers. Does that sound familiar to you? It should sound familiar to you. It should sound very familiar to you. Did someone talk previously about a pile of numbers somewhere on the internet? Of course we did. Re-18, plan of attack. Go back, check it out. If we can, if we take our 11 hypotheses, we have more now, but that's retrace started with 11 hypotheses, to make them tractable, to take them out of English. Remember, we're in English now. We want to get out of English into maybe code, maybe math, maybe both at the same time, maybe one before the other. Get out of English to make them tractable. How do you do that? Well, the first thing we came up with and it's the obvious thing in the modern era when people, when we have this idea of the discipline of linear algebra and we have this idea of vectors, make it a pile of numbers. It, your pile of numbers does not have to, you don't, it doesn't have to be something that you can think of as a sheet, you know, a location on a, a sheet of paper or on a flat surface like the flat surface of the earth. You know, it's, it's effectively flat in, in small domains or small, small regions. Um, you can keep going up with this. Okay, so... Maybe you, maybe in the future we'll be able to locate one of the airports two miles in the air above Romania. Then you don't, you can't just, you can't just give an X value and a Y value to find the location of a possible airport. Then you need a Z value, and then you're in real space. R three, three, an ordered list of three numbers in real space. That's, I mean, that's the mathematical. I was just I'm brushing up on my linear algebra, so I, there's all this stuff is firmly in my mind. Um, that those three numbers define what a real space is or, or what R3 is, the real number. So, okay. What we're doing here is we're taking our toy problem, our Lego problem, converting it into a pile of numbers, making it tractable. And, and if, we can, if we can make this toy problem tractable, it means that there are a lot of other problems that we can, if we can get them to look like a pile of numbers, we can make those tractable too. And by a lot, I mean maybe all the problems. I mean, it depends on who you talk to in the AI community, but some of these people are almost... I can't say this. I don't know. But it seems to me like they're almost religious about linear algebra. All right, forget it. As, you know, and, and, and vector calculus, which is kind of a combination of linear algebra and calculus, which is the math you need to deal in continuous spaces. Okay, so we talked about the simplest airport problem, you know, two cities, one airport. We got to measure something other than their absolute distance. Otherwise, it's a zero-sum game. Now we got a bunch of cities. We got three airports, more complicated, actually way more complicated. Okay. Yesterday, we talked about the landscape. The hillock is one hill. I googled it. So I can't call this whole thing hillocks. This maybe is a hillock. We want to get up to this mountaintop, and maybe this one's desirable as well. Maybe this one's higher. We don't know. Um, the challenge there is, and remember, it's like we're blind, you know, in this, in this sort of toy problem or in the, in the, in the mathematicization of this problem, um, we can't just look. You're cheating. You know, this, our, our artificial intelligence agents are not going to be able to use photons or 
light waves or however you want to think about quantum phenomena to say over there. But they can actually. There's this thing called attention. All right, I can't talk about that. Never mind. Okay, it, transformer architecture, attention. Google it. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, okay, so we've got the problem into a pile of numbers. Uh, we're talking about this landscape. And this, the, the, this equation here describes part of, like, like a really crucial part of how you would make progress on this landscape. So this, this, um, the, this represents the gradient. The, so the, the del of f, the gradient of the function f, and remember our function is, um, is the thing, the score we're trying to increase or decrease. In our case, we're trying to minimize that score. So when, you, when we talk about the objective function in, uh, in this one, in this particular problem, you should think of this score, okay? We want the score to be as low as possible because the higher it is, the worse it is for somebody, okay? Based on the way we're calculating our score, calculating our objective function. In this case, up here would be a good score, okay? But this is the best score. Well, what this gradient does is it tells us whenever we're on this hill, which way to go to get higher the fastest way possible. Like, if you're here, you can go this way, you can get higher slowly, or you go the other way. But if you go this way, you're going as fast as possible, and that's what the gradient tells you. If you give the gradient equation what? Okay. Now, something I should have pointed out yesterday, and is crucial to sort of putting the airport problem into this equation is that these three sets of coordinates are the locations of the proposed locations of the airports. And, and you can't take them separately. You have to put them all together because we can't measure our goodness. We can't measure our score without knowing how all the cities are affected. And that means knowing where all the airports are at once. So this gradient doesn't tell us, it doesn't tell us, uh, anything it's not a three dimension three dimensional gradient it doesn't have x y and z okay it has x1 y1 x2 y2 x3 y3 it's a six dimensional space that we're working in why six dimensions because each city each airport and each city has two numbers that that measure where it's at okay and if we have to place three airports, each with two numbers that measure where it's at, we have to count all six of those numbers in our solution. You can't ignore the, the Y value of one of the airports, okay? Because that means it could be anywhere along the Y axis, as long as it's at this one place in the X axis. This is six-dimensional vector calculus. And so that's the first thing to remember is that these things are these correspond so the, the, let's say the red ones are the first airport the blue ones are the second airport and the maroon ones are the third airport okay remember the function is the scorecard we want to minimize we want to get the lowest score as computed using the square of the distances between let's say this airport and all the cities that are closest to it and then this airport and all the cities that are closest to it and then this airport that are, and all the cities that are closest to it okay now, you can't easily picture that being a hill, a hill in a in a valley like that, or a hill in a field like that. 
um, because you can't picture anything beyond three dimensions. Like you can picture space, you can picture um, just a surface, which is two dimensions. You can picture a line, which is one dimension. How do you picture four dimensions? Go, um, go search 4D cube. People will try to draw this, a four-dimensional four cube. It's, you can't make right angle. To have a new dimension, you have to have orthogonality or perpendicularity to all the other dimensions. There's no way to picture that, but you can do the math on other dimensions as long as you don't insist on having to draw it or picture it in your mind. Or if you do picture it in your mind, go back to, I don't know when I said this, retrace whatever. You should think about the dimensionality if you're thinking about something in a four-dimensional space, put the point in the three-dimensional space and then start changing its color. Or changing, if you need a fifth dimension, change how its temperature. Or if you need a sixth dimension, change its fuzziness or whatever. You can think about other properties that aren't spatial, that are the, the higher dimensions of an object in a high-dimensional a high space. In our situation, we're dealing with a solution that has six dimensions to it. We're not dealing with, we're not trying to measure where the cities go. That's, those are component. I mean, where the airports go amongst the cities or where the cities are or, or where the, the, what the distances are between. Those are all components that we put together arithmetically to arrive at our score. What we care about is the solution that makes, gives us the best score, the highest valued score, which in our case means the lowest some of the squares. Okay. We're talking English here, right? This is, we're in English mode. We're going to move to code and math once we've got a firm grasp of it in English. Okay. So, we've got the number, we've got the, the whole problem into a pile of numbers. We're not talking anymore about the names of the cities or the, si the, the, the size of the air. Anything. All we care about is the Cartesian distances between them, which we can represent as ordered pairs of numbers. Um, the other thing that you have to remember with this problem is that it's not discrete. The way we've formulated it, the way they've formulated it, the, the airports can be anywhere. They, they can be here, or they can be one micrometer to, the to, the, to your left and my right, or, up, or down, or anywhere. And, and if, you, if that's too far, half a micrometer. And if that's too far, a quarter of a micrometer. And you can keep going and going and going in theory forever until you get to the quantum level where you're dealing with quanta and the Planck length. And then if you want to move your airport one Planck length along the x-axis, what's wrong with you? Why are you even thinking that way? This is a continuous space. What does that mean? Well, if we're not dealing with like a grid where it's, it can go here on the grid or here on the grid, but it can't go between these two minimum distances, then we can use calculus because calculus can give us an answer along a smooth curve. That is what this green... D, fancy D for partial derivative, the partial derivative of F with respect to X1. We talked about that yesterday. This is a, the way that you think about this is slicing the hill along the axes. You can only picture it up to three axes, but slicing it along the axes so that you can just look at the line created by your slice and then find the, find the tangential slope at any function that tells you the slope at any point in the function, in the original function, that's the derivative, and if you're doing it with just with respect to one variable, I'll talk about variables here in a second. Um, you're doing a partial derivative. If you only have one independent variable, if you're just doing an xy graph and you're differentiating along a curve, um, you have a total derivative. You know, so your slope, like if this is the curve of the function, 
and then that's your slope. That's your derivative, and nobody calls it a total derivative when you're learning calculus because you don't know about partial derivatives. But once you learn partial derivatives, you call this a total derivative. But if this is only from the side of a sliced hill, a pile of some sort in three dimensions, or something you can't even picture, it's so wild, a four-dimensional, nine-dimensional, 5,000-dimensional economic object, let's say, this is what linear algebra is all about. If you're differentiating a function only with respect to one of its uh, of its independent variables, one of its independent dimensions, one of its one of the uh, one of the dimensions that defines it, you're doing partial differentiation. Uh, partial, yeah, partial differentiation, and the result is a partial derivative. And here we have one partial derivative for each coordinate that we care about. We have two partial derivatives for the first airport, two partial derivatives for the second, and two partial derivatives for the third. Now, what does this all amount to? What this is telling us is what the gradient, which is the taking all of these slopes, these partial derivatives together, uh, if, we, if we give the gradient equation three proposed locations of, of airports, it will tell us which way to go to improve our score. Which way is the most steep uphill if uphill is defined as improvement? In our case, we're trying to minimize it, so uphill we'd have to invert the, um, the objective function axis so that negative numbers are this way, and then you can, otherwise you just flip the whole thing and then you're trying to go down in a valley, but it's exactly the same mathematically. It's just the difference between positive and negative numbers. And you can, you can do all of mathematics without... Uh, without um, with just addition, you don't need subtraction. You can just say, I'm going to add a negative number. It's the same thing. This is conceptual stuff. Set that aside. If, if, if we give the gradient three proposed solutions, three proposed locations of airport, which is actually one solution, um, then it will tell us which way to go to improve that solution. If it, it has no way to go, then that means, what does that mean? What does it mean if we give the gradient and there's no, there's, it doesn't have magnitude and direction? That vector doesn't tell us. It, the, the vector is undefined or I don't know, I don't know exactly what it would look like. It means we're at the top. We're at the top of the hill. Right? Success. We did it. Wrong. We didn't do it. I told you. We want to get here, not here. What, what does that mean? The problem with this equation is that it's only good for local. It's only good for improving local solutions. It's only good if you start here and go up the hill. It can tell you how to get up that hill. It can't tell you how to go down and explore some more. See if there's a better one out here. Oh, find that one. Find that one. It can't do that. There's all of page 121 in AMA 4E is devoted to how you deal with that. And in fact, earlier they deal. You're going to hear terms like simulated annealing, which is dealt with earlier in the book. It's like you shake the solution a little bit, like in in um, in metallurgy, I think it originally came from. But it, you shake things and then, it, you know, it's, it's a way of not getting stuck on local maxima or local minima. Um, this thing, the top of this hill is a local maximum. Yesterday I said maxima. Maxima is a plural and nobody says it anymore, but I do. A local maximum. Okay. And all of these little hilltops are local maxima, but this is the global maximum. And this actually might be the global maximum. We wouldn't know without doing simulated annealing or some other really advanced algorithm. And, and um, Russell and Norvig say that, uh, that there's all kinds of literature. There's a piles and piles of literature on how to deal with that local maximum problem. 
but the gradient itself is still really useful. Really, I mean, you know, it's otherwise in hill climbing, which is the 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 way that they uh, the 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 general class of algorithms that they provide before using gradient and the hill climbing is more oriented around um, discrete environments but it's also it's just based on in, in its simplest form given whatever location given your location in you know in a solution space um, look at all your neighbors and go to the next go to the next best one go to the next uh, or, or consider any neighbor and if it's better than yours go to it now you you, you can improve it by looking at all your neighbors and then uh, I think that's much it's still discrete but it's more like um more like gradient descent or gradient ascent in the case of going uphill, um, but it's but the grade but that doesn't work in continuous spaces and we can put our airports anywhere it's so we can slide them and they're not like only here and only here, okay. All right, so the gradient vector, given a hypothesis, let's say our a three three locations for an airport, we can think of that as a hypothesis. Remember, retrace h one through eleven. We're talking this is the same language. Um, Given if we give the gradient um, equation a three airport hypothesis, I've said this already, but I want to say it one more time because I, I wrote it down. Um, it will tell us how to improve any. It will tell us how to improve that uh, that hypothesis, and and in the best way, in the fastest way. That'll tell the best direction we can go. Not just improve it by going uphill a little bit. No, go as steeply uphill as you can. You will get to the local maximum as soon as possible. I think. That's enough. That's English. That's the English form of what we're dealing with with math. Uh, but but that me pointy fingery and yappa yappa. We really should be doing scribba scribba and typa typa, right? Scribba scribba is math. Typa typa is code. Let's see, shall we? Okay, that's it. Um, no amendments. No corrections. That's it. All references will be in the PDF notes, retrace.com, R-A-T-R-A-I-C-E.com. I showed you the website. It's really cool, man. You got to go check it out. Uh, we always have the next video here. If I click on this, you'll see, oh, you want to do some meta? Check that out. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? That's us. That's you and me. Okay. Um, this is the uh, N minus one video. I mean, this is live from after, as soon as we finish this one, then we... It, as soon as we finish this one, it moves over here, and then the next live stream gets posted here. These are the podcasts down here. And you can go to Margin and find out behind the scenes, like, what's the business all about? You can find out what the Eagle is doing there. You can go to notes.retrace.com, where we publish all of our notes. And you can hit back, and it doesn't work. And then you can go to our GitHub and see all our code. i got to clean that up a little bit. i got the environments in there, and they shouldn't be, because it's kind of it's clunky. Um and then the blog, sometimes I post things on the blog, and then the links.retrace.com. And then you can, if you don't hear it every day from us, what Retrace is about, what we're about, man. Okay, so that's it. This has been segment number 71 for December 5th. Same time tomorrow, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Signing off. <laughs>